Okay. Adventure Guys. Yes. Adventure Guys. Adventure Guys. Now it's time for Adventure Guys. All right. Welcome to Adventure Guys, the podcast for humans and dogs. I'm Eric the Human. And I'm Nick the Human. Back again, Eric. Here we are. Still on Zoom, just to keep everybody in the loop as to uh, what's happening. That's, that's how we've been starting. I think next week, maybe, we can get back to in person. Yes. Maybe. Yes, I'll definitely be in Brooklyn next week uh, for a rehearsal. I know. So Feels like Omicron's kind of slowing down just a little bit. Uh, yeah, it it is statistically. Yeah, beyond yeah, feeling. Well, that's good. It's good to see you, Eric. I'm gonna excited to talk about Adventure Time. I gotta tell you about this episode. I don't know what to do with this episode. <laughs> it's a weird one. It is, but it's also not. Yeah, no. Let's t- let's talk about it. Let's start it. <laughs> Uh, we watched season five, episode 21, The Suitor. Yes. Yeah, so <coughs> I want to go back to the thing that I did where I gave the, uh, the, the overall summary so then we can get deeper into it. And this one's a good one to do with because it's a very simple plot. Okay. Princess Bubblegum is very consumed with her science experiments and her intellectual pursuits. Um, people are kind of telling her, hey, you should get out of the, the lab a little bit. Go date some of these guys. There's a lot of guys that like want to date you. It's probably time for you to do some of that. <laughs> this one guy is really nice, but she's not into it. And he tries really hard to get her to like him. Um, and he does. He goes really far. He's really nice and tries really hard. And he gets really deformed in multiple ways. Oh, hold on. What was that? (laughs) I just had a candle explode on me. A candle explode? Yeah, the, uh, it burned all the way down and, uh, there was no more wax, I guess. And the glass got superheated and cracked and exploded. (laughs) Dude, holy shit. <laughs> That's a brand new technical difficulty right there. <laughs> I almost got really scared for a second. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All this shit burned down. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, man. Fuck, right? Man, so glass shattered out. So wait, it was, but the candle was burning, right? It had burned all the way down. And it can, that can happen if you just leave a candle on? Uh, no. <laughs> it's not supposed to. Yeah, I've never, I've never had that happen to me before. I, I, I was, so the candle burned down and it went out like a couple days ago. So I started a new one. So I just, I, I lit 
the new one and then I threw the match in the old one just to see if like there was anything left. And uh and there was, I guess. So <laughs> I had two candles going and the old one I was surprised at how long it kept burning. Um and I wasn't paying attention and I guess it burned literally everything it could, but the wick was still on fire and then it got to the glass. <laughs> okay, well that's a lesson for all of us at home and you and I. Yeah, when the candle goes out, don't don't try and get some more mileage out of no, it. No, <laughs> just let her go. Stay <laughs> la vie. R.I.P., baby. Should we go back to the discussion? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Real so Princess Bubblegum, not interested in dating. Got a really friendly suitor. He's doing everything he can. He she's still interested, but he's trying. He gets real, real deformed. And at the end of the episode, Princess Bubblegum goes, look, dude, not interested. He lays it out for you. He's like, I want to like have a great life together and like, you know, ascend to the heavens and like really romantic language. And she's just like, yeah, I'm not into all that. So um, I built you a robot that's a doppelganger of me called PB Bot and just go with her. <laughs> and that's the solution to, to the episode. Um, it's a hard. Okay. It is a good episode in a way because it's extremely loyal to what makes Princess Bubblegum an interesting character and kind of really lays it out. Um, It subverts the old tropes of a princess and like getting married and being saved. He says that there's a lot of language from the would-be suitor um, about saving her. Doesn't he say that at a couple of times? Like, I will save you from... Your loneliness or whatever. Um, Does he say that? I didn't notice it. Oh, uh, well, he was kind of, he was like, she's probably all alone in her castle. And like, I, I will come to you, my princess. And like, kind of, you know, um, inferring a lot of what he thinks she wants without actually speaking to her, which she gets into. Um, so there's a lot to love about the episode, but there's also a lot, man, does this guy, Rocco is his name, right? Yeah. Boy, does he get it rough. Like, he's a very tragic character. And it made me uncomfortable to watch. And at one point, Peppermint Butler's called out for not really handling the situation as he should be because he's so consumed with the dark arts. And I kind of agree with that. Like, (laughs) there's a lot of people here who know that this is a fool's errand and even say it kind of. Somebody should have stepped in before this guy is literally throwing himself into a fire and burning his face off (laughs) and like getting a spell that turns him into this like deformed monster. It's like heart. It's honestly heartbreaking and there's more. Okay. So, okay. So let's talk about a little bit chronologically because there's it. We get an incredible opening, which is just like a top peppermint Butler scene. You want to describe it, Eric? He's doing some kind of ritual to summon a a lord of the shadow world or something. Yeah, he wants the key to the shadow world, I believe. And he's doing this really elaborate, like, satanic ritual where he's got cinnamon bun upside down and is trying to get a spirit to possess him, which he succeeds at. (laughs) Yeah. Just typical pet butt kind of shit. Yeah. And... And then uh, who's this guy? Then this guy comes in. It's like a huge bubble. 
Who is that's that guy? The, the Gumball Guardian. Okay, the Gumball Guardian. Like, I don't know why I don't know him, but he came in and goes, hey, two things. Cut out all this dark magic. One. B, you've been neglecting your duties. Like, the princess has been in her lab for three months straight. You need to get her out of there. There's a bunch of suitors here that she needs to see. Now, I wanted to know about this Gumball Guardian because Peppermint Butler immediately goes, she's not going to want to date anybody. And then when see, and then seeing the suitors, they're all old because they've been waiting there hundreds of years. And he's like, they're not, she's not going to date any of those old guys. And he's <laughs> like, you have to try. And it's funny because the gumball guardian is like really in on trying to find a partner and is like tasking Peppermint Butler with this, but everybody else in the world kind of knows this isn't going to work out. Yeah, this was a, a larger role for the Gumball Guardian that uh, than I think we've ever seen up until this point. Maybe I I kind of forgot that they even talk. I think yeah. it, it was voiced by Tom Kenny. Is ah, it sounded yeah. like? But yeah, they're just like the sort of. It, it almost seemed like they were automated for a lot of the series. That they were just these giants that guard the Candy Kingdom. In a lot of shots, they're just seen sort of sitting. On the right. on the walls surrounding the uh, the Candy Kingdom, just sort of being bored. <laughs> yeah, it, but it's just it's a very weird that he's like almost like the boss of Peppermint Butler, and is like, "Yo, dude, go do your thing," and and is like, but is suggesting this very bad idea. Like, I think it's because they were designed. Or they were created specifically to protect Princess Bubblegum and her kingdom. And at this uh, moment, they said PB has been in her lab for what, like nine weeks or something? Yeah. So there are larger implications uh, like behind that. It's, it's not just that Princess Bubblegum needs a boyfriend. It's that it's unhealthy for her to be holed up in her lab for yes. nine weeks at a time. And she's ignoring her her subjects uh yeah. so just going out on a date with a suitor just will bring her back out into the world i think that's more of what the gumball guardians directive is is getting at right that, that's true so that's a little more understandable but yeah so all the suitors that are there okay now they've been seemingly waiting outside or like in this one particular corridor for hundreds of years or that he goes along and asks yeah. how like long we've, We've been going five seasons now, and they've just always been there, just yeah. waiting in line. <laughs> One guy's like, I've been here for 300 years, right? <laughs> yeah. And I, I think yeah. that's also one of the first indications that we get that Princess Bubblegum is actually much older. Yeah. And I got to say, though, I'm someone, I, I, I do like dating. I've been in romantic entanglements, but uh, <laughs> if I'm immortal... As essentially like princess bubblegum it kind of takes a little bit of the urgency off dating you could just go like all right if i've got a lot of time on my hands the next couple of years i'm just gonna really get into this i, I can spend <laughs> here because like it's not like time's running out or something you know what i mean um yeah. so that's like a funny little thing on it but then but dude this is one of the most tragic parts of the episode we get to rocco and he's like how old are you rocco why do Bro you want to be here brocco oh it's brocco yeah, yeah yeah i thought it was okay Thank you. He's like, oh, I'm 21 years old. And he's like, whoa, and you want to date the princess? He's like, yes, it is my destiny. 
And it turns out that he's only there because his father was in line for so long that he eventually died there in line. His And Brocco's on top of his father's skeleton. <laughs> so this is not simply just like a, a romantic man. He's like carrying out the dying wishes of his father. And what's also implied there is that the father was not even around for Brocco because he was on this noble quest to date the princess. And now he's, you know what I mean? Like this is like Shakespearean. <laughs> The, it's biblical. The hilarious part about this whole implication is that uh, Brocco's dad was his life purpose was to be a suitor for Princess Bubblegum, and yet he supposedly had his own family and had a that, kid. That also, <laughs> yeah. So I guess that makes you feel a little bit worse, less worse for the dad, but it makes me feel very bad for Brocco because the stakes are far higher than just a young boy wanting to date a young girl this is like this is deeper and i think it goes to the lengths that brocco is going to go so he goes in and starts talking to princess bubblegum and she's just clearly not interested she's like in her things pepperman butler tries to get her on board by saying you need to conduct experiments on boys and she almost is like hey that's really over the line (laughs) yeah um which is funny and but brocco is like we learn he's not going to be fucked with. He's going to go to any extent that he can to try to get her to like him. And he, he ends up like professing his love and then jumping off the balcony. Remember that? Like it <laughs> yeah. lands on a cupcake. And Why like, does he do that again? It's like a huge romantic gesture almost. Like he's so overtaken with his emotions. They just launches himself off this balcony outside of her lab. Um, and he's like, I'll go. She's like, fine. We'll go. I'll come with you to like at night and we'll, we'll hang out, but just for research. And he's like, oh, cool. And Pepper and Butler's like, all right, man, you got it from here. So then we go to, we go to the, uh, where they're at, like the Rose Garden or whatever. And there's two like candy workers up there who are like, hey, who's that? They're like, it's Princess Bubblegum and Bracco, that guy Bracco. And they're like, is this a date? And the one of them's like, nah, man, the princess doesn't date. <laughs> Which is funny. It's like, they're not close to Princess Bubblegum, but it's just like a real known fact within the Candy Kingdom that this yeah. is just not what she does. I there. I guess there's some discussion about this episode, whether uh, her not being interested in Brocco means that she's not interested in men. But I'm pretty sure that she's just not interested in anyone at, at this point. Yeah, it kind of feels like she's like more interested in these other pursuits. Almost like an and not like an asexual thing, but like just like right now she's not engaging with this. Like that's yeah. where it's at. Although um later Finn does ha- does tell Brock when Finn tells Brocco um the lo- the he, like he kind of tells him cryptically, the road you're going down leads nowhere. That did that line felt like Finn telling him, Hey man, like you're barking up the wrong tree. Didn't it feel kind of like that? Yeah. So I, I do understand how it could be seen as like real. Like she's not interested in any of the suitors. Cause she's not in, that's not what she's into, but I don't, they're not really going heavy on that. Like that's kind of like a subtext thing that rewatching the show, maybe that's like kind of in there for us, but I don't think it's directly dictating her behavior so much. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But she's just like not in, man. Like he comes in professing as like I he he asks her on a date. She's like, no. He professes his love and she goes, Look, man, this isn't love, it's infatuation. Like you're in love with your projection of what you think a relationship with me would be like, but you have no idea. Um which was which was funny. Um and then she comes and like kind of gets like a reading off it. Like it's clear they're not even on a date. Like she has him hooked up to some weird fucking machine. <laughs> And then she goes, I have what I need. Goodbye. And then he like is going to get sad. He goes, don't cry, Rocco. She says she has what she needs for now, which means she'll see you again. He's like, And then he yells to, to the heavens, I shall not flounder, father. I will like make her mine. And then we get the first shot of Rocco's like bedroom, which is like a really sick, like top of a castle in Candy Kingdom. Like, is he a candy person, Brocco? I don't know. I have no idea who Brocco is. I only, yeah, I don't know. But he's like in the Candy Kingdom at this castle. It's weird, but, uh, he, you know, the next day she's still working on shit and, uh, she calls Finn Jakin and is like, I need a soul stone. Can you get this for me? And then Brocco's just there. Like, he's snuck in and is t- like, all right, I'm going to take this upon myself. I'm going to get the soul stone. I'm going to show my value and then she's going to love me. And that's when Finn is like, Hey man, you're barking up the wrong tree. Also at this point, Finn still, you know, kind of might have a little bit of heartbrokenness about it. I couldn't tell. Cause you know, when he, he finds out that, that he's like, she's like, he's one of my suitors. And then like Jake kind of gives a grimace and Finn kind of just, Oh, okay. And walks away. Yeah, they're not in the episode very much. No. So I don't know if Finn was necessarily feeling away. I think he was kind of just like, I don't know about this is, wait, what? I Right? That's kind of his thing. Yeah. Season five, Finn, I forget where he is in his arc of self-actualization. <laughs> He's still got a ways to go. So, I guess, is he dating Fire uh, Flame Princess at this time oh, i can't remember if that's i mean it's around here i just can't remember if at this exact moment he is or not huh. anyway Brocco's gonna go get this soul stone and like comes upon there's like a key to the box for the soul stone in a fire and he just throws himself into the fire <laughs> like there's no other no net no like assistance it's kind of insane and yeah, you're ca- a funny move. It is a funny move. It's also tragic because he comes out and he's like, all oh, fucking burned up, man. I'm like, bro, bro, dude, you're going to be scarred the rest of your life. And that's when it really hit me, like his devotion. And he became really tragic. Cause I'm like, dude, this guy is like ready to die for princess Bubblegum, And this is a terrible idea. Cause it's never gonna, he's never going to get, someone needs to tell him, you know? And, uh, but he gets the key. The funny thing is he gets the soul stone and there's all these monsters that are like, you can't take our stone. And then the, the lead monster is like, why have you come for my treasures? He's like, to give it to my love. And he's like, all right, man, you, you can take it if it's for love. <laughs> yeah. There were some cool shots in the soul stone adventure area, wherever they, they were. Yeah. Um, I think something kind of funny happened. Oh, he he's like trying to run away from monsters and stuff uh-huh. he's like sneaking around and, and like one of them sees him and he just yells i see you 
That's funny. <laughs> that made me stop and laugh. <laughs> that, I love that. That really got me for whatever reason. Hell yeah. Um, oh man, love that one. Yeah. And, but then, so then he brings it back and Princess Bubblegum's like, yeah, I don't need that anymore. I made a simulation of a soul. It's like way more lifelike. And he's fucking burned up. Like she doesn't even fake pretend like, thank you. Like so much for going on this adventure to get the soul stone for me and clearly went to fucking Helen back to get it. Um, she's too consumed with what she's doing at which point at this point now, I want to say, I know you're driven Bracco, but that is probably where you need to eject. Also, like this was a task that she gave to Finn and Jake originally. It is. And, and, and it's something that Finn and Jake probably could have managed without getting so fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. She probably, she probably thinks like, what does this knucklehead think he's doing? Like Finn and Jake could have taken care of this no problem. And now he's all mangled and burned because <laughs> too much of a, a fuck up to like do the quest correctly. It's pro- it probably took him way longer than Finn and Jake would have uh, would have done because she's she's found a way to, to circumvent the the soul stone being a necessary ingredient ingredient for her experiment anyway right and finn and jake it became clear once the once the uh monsters came out it was like okay this is a finn and jake thing to be doing like this is <laughs> this is their bread and butter um i guess it does really go to show that finn is a good adventurer because you can't just send any good-natured boy out into the <laughs> right to the wild <laughs> We gotta have something going on. Um, so he goes back up into his like lair and it's raining again. And uh isn't he he's like he's trying to figure out what to do. He smashes the soul stone, he smashes everything. You think he's gonna be through with it, but then the gumball guardian grabs him and brings him back to Peppermint Butler, who's in his cave doing more dark magic. <laughs> and he's like, dude, he's like basically the gumball guardian's like, I told you to handle this, you are not handling it. <laughs> And uh, the and, demon and Peppermint Butler's like, like farther along in his his dark magic thing. He's just <laughs> he's getting he's just, closer. Yeah, I don't know if you noticed, um, like the cast of characters that he's got in there. The um, there's like this angel in in there with him, um, which I was like, this this creepy angel lady. Where have I seen that before? It was in the episode. It was one of the dungeon episodes where I think it was, it was it the first dungeon episode where they go in to that underground dungeon uh, to get something and, and princess bubblegum told them not to. And they're at the very end and, and there's like that angel lady and she turns into like some crazy demonic witch or something yeah. that's about to eat them. And yeah. then princess bubblegum has to save them. <laughs> I was like, that was a cool pull. <laughs> I had to wow, think about, it's like, her. I yeah, I didn't her think from. about that. Yeah, wow. I, I did notice the lion in there is like r- like drawn in a different style. That's really cool to see. Yeah, I uh, I don't I don't know if the, the if the other characters show up anywhere else. Who else was in there? I forget. There was a something. I I only saw the, the lion and the 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 angel. There was probably something else. I wonder if like you look at an old tarot card or something. If this is like from that or, uh, well, there is like, <clears throat> it is a reference to it is a Jesse Moynihan like making some deep cut esoteric reference to some biblical thing, um, is what I I I saw later on. But like the characters that he pulled to like make the reference 
are interesting. Yeah. That's cool. Um, but yeah, but they're in there. Do you know, so Cinnamon Bun is possessed because this is what Pepper and Butler said. <laughs> That the the voice of that guy we've met before. What, who's the 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 spirit that we hear? Do you remember his name? Ogdode or something like that. Yeah, Ogdod, Ogdode, Ogdode. Yeah, yeah, Ogdode. I found it. Like I can almost picture him. Like we've we've seen him, right? Oh no, we haven't. Look, I'm looking up. I'm looking it up. We haven't seen him. This is the only one. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't think so. Okay. James Adomi. He says something about the eighth shadow world. And I was like, I actually rewound to to catch that again. It's like, wait, is he talking about dead worlds? Like, oh no, shadow world. But then there is a reference to the 50th dead world elsewhere in this episode. Mm. I think it's when Brocco is expounding on some like romantic bullshit about the life he wants to live with PB and and then they'll float up to the 50th dead world together or something like that. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. He says something like that. Yeah. But Ogda Ogdode is like, Hey man, like, Oh no. Pepper and Butler's like, look, I'll let you free Ogdode. If you like help make him really, uh, uh, like a love magnet. Is that love magnet? Love glove. I forget what he says. Um, he's like, yeah, but there will be a price. And I loved Pepper and Butler's like, no, man, the price is your freedom. You, you get your freedom and he gets the love. That's what this is. He's like, no, it's a outside of the bounds of our agreement. Uh, and I could tell Prince uh, Pepper and Butler's like, I mean, I don't know. What do you think, man? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, okay. And then he like does a spell or he throws fire at uh, uh, Bracco. And then he just becomes this like deformed, like the toxic Avenger or something. <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's even more hideous that's so sad man and and Pepper and Butler's like yeah I love you but you look crazy <laughs> right he said I want to have your baby <laughs> yeah so I guess it works I guess it like cause then he goes immediately obviously to Princess Bubblegum and is like hey and she's like uh I love you doesn't she say she's like I do love you, but I'm not interested in all this because he pre- he goes on another romantic thing about like being together, going to the fiftieth dead world together. Yeah, she just loves him like she loves all of the citizens of the Candy Kingdom, right? Which is I don't know, seemed like a I don't know, kind of a lame way to to get out of that. Yeah, it it was. I, that's what I was also asking if he was a candy person. Because of this, where she's like, look, I, I can't get involved with one of my citizens. And I was like, is he a candy person? I didn't think he was like really supposed to be. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It was weird. A weird way to to choose to end it, but uh, is what it is. Um, he ends up going off with the, the bot. Like, I guess all of her experiments were to create this robot version of her stoppelganger of herself to give to Bracco. It seemed also like if she did that, then everyone might be off her back about like dating. Didn't it kind of see- seem like that? Yeah. Which was like an interesting, it's like, I don't think that'll work, but okay. <laughs> um, and yeah, so it was cool, but um, 
I don't know. He, then he he's like, doesn't he goes like, oh, so you want me to be with this robot? And he's like, doesn't this seem kind of wrong? And then he ends up just doing it anyway, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I th- that was just, I think that that had to be for the audience. Like, yeah, this, this seems creepy, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Like, uh, no, it's just a kid's cartoon. Don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> it's funny. Um, <laughs> just a moment to acknowledge like, Hey, hold on. Uh, okay. Yeah, whatever. whatever. Uh, all right. Whatever. <laughs> so yeah. And then Peppermint Butlin, Peppermint was like, why'd you do that? I wanted him. <laughs> yeah. And he slaps her. He slaps princess bubblegum. <laughs> Weirdo one, dude. It was a weird one. I like, I, I like it and I don't, I, I just feel so bad for Brocco. He was too nice. I know he was dumb and didn't have to do all that, but shit, man. Yeah. Do we, do we see Brocco ever again? I don't think so. I don't think so either. I don't think so. Are you looking in the, uh, the old wiki? Yeah. I was saying Rocco the whole, whole first half of the episode. Hm. Oh, is it apparently when a banana guard takes off their peel? Yeah. They look like Brocco. So is Brocco a banana, banana guard person? <laughs> that would make a whole heap and a lot of sense. Maybe he has a banana guard in his lineage. <laughs> right. What are those things on his head? I don't know what that was. We didn't really talk about his appearance. He just looks kind of like a regular guy with like yellowish skin. And then two two like diamonds on his head yeah i don't know what those are about <laughs> he's got three of them oh three yeah so it's fun it's that's cool there's some good shit in it it uh i do like that it like is like subverting around these things and i like that it like really just reinforces how pb is really her own person like she we're not gonna like it's not going to end up with her just being like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, I'll just, I'll, I'll listen to everyone or, or yeah, this finding was also, love. This was also a plot that I think could have made PB out to be like a really mean character. Yeah. And they didn't do that, which was nice. Um, you know, she was kind of her regular cold calculating. I don't want to be involved with people kind of personality, but at the end, she did something that was like her version of being really thoughtful. <laughs> yeah. But I, I like that. I think Romance is nice and everything, but I do kind of like this. It's almost like they're sticking up for people who are like, I don't need to be in a relationship right now, or I don't need to be to do that to be happy. No, I'm kind of into doing this. And like, I, I, that's just not a perspective you usually see in TV, let alone in a kid's show. Right. Let alone yeah, from because- a princess. It's subtle, but I, I think that it, it's pretty clear that she's not uninterested because he's ugly or stupid or a guy or whatever his social status is. She's just uninterested because she's not, she doesn't want a part in any of the whole thing. Yeah. Um, so it has nothing to do with like, like a guy trying to win over a girl. Like that's not the point of this episode. No. And I like that. I've definitely felt, I think I'm, that's my, my resting zone is like not engaging. I connect to this part of PB. Like 
Um, I, I'm very much like I can just get really into the shit that I'm doing. Yeah. Like, and just be like, uh, yeah, you know, I could go date some people, but like, I've got a job and I'm really getting into reading comics. Thanks to my buddy, Eric. And <laughs> I would love to like play guitar an hour a day, sing an hour a day, write for two hours. I'm going to go running. Um, I've got I've a podcast. I've got a podcast. You know, it's like, <laughs> I've got things to like occupy my time and I'm, and I'm, I really enjoy doing them. So I think I'm going to like, it's kind of where I'm at right now, really. Um, yeah. And yeah, I'm like, that can be okay too. Yeah, it does get exhausting um, being around people that are like so concerned with, you know, dating. Uh, and I think that's a lot of like PB's perspective in this episode. Like she just has to, everyone's so concerned about it. And she's kind of like, why do I have to like placate the rest of y'all? Yeah. <laughs> like, is this about me and this guy or is it about like everyone else is concerned about it, you know? It's a good point. <clears throat> Should we play Did You See the Snail? Let's do it. All right, Nick. Did you see the snail? No. Eric, did you see the snail? Yep. No, really? <laughs> Yeah. Was it obvious? It was to me. I well, I predicted exactly where the snail was going to be. God, you're good at it. And then, yeah. So <laughs> they they follow a formula. I well, I, I know I've been. I I think I I was actively looking for it, but it didn't honestly didn't pop into my head until like a third or halfway through the show, and I was like, "Fuck! I bet I missed it." Where was it? He was in Brocco's room. As he's like writing in his diary or whatever he's doing, uh, it's like you get the establishing shot and there's lightning, a thunderstorm happening, and then the second shot you see behind him and the snail's chilling next to the record player. Mm -hmm. And yeah. as soon as we opened into that new background art, I was like, I bet the snail's going to be in here. I, I was looking when they got into the uh, the soulstone area. I was looking everywhere for him in there because <laughs> like, there's so many new shots. Yeah, I I I think it's it's less likely that the snail appears in outside environments than in inside. That's a really good observation. Okay. Well, let's hear the song. All right. One second, one second. I'm sorry. Okay, uh, Miss Lanny Mania? Yeah. This was storyboarded by Jesse Moynihan and Thomas Wellman, 
Wow. Uh, who was a new storyboarder. I think he was just filling in for Akko Castuera on this episode. Um, I looked up uh, what Jesse Moynihan had to say about this episode on his blog from like 2013, I think this aired. Uh-huh. Uh, and yeah, he said that she was taking a couple of weeks off for like an art show or something. And they got this guy, Thomas Wellman, who was a German comic artist. Uh, and he did this like over Skype with, uh, with this guy in Germany. Wow. That's really wild. He does also did a second episode after this. Wizards only fools. Oh, we we did that one. Yeah. yeah. It's cool. So like I wonder who's done the mo who's storyboarded the most episodes of Adventure Time. Cause we get so many we've been getting so many Jesse Moynihan episodes, but I I, I know that, you know, obviously he leaves the show um like before it's over. So I don't know if he has the record, but like, God, he just like his fingerprints are all over this thing. Yeah, I uh, I wonder. He's he's got to be up there. Um, Patrick McHale probably as well. Mm-hmm. That's something fun that we should look into. Um, anything else from that Jesse said in his blog about the making of it? Uh, not a whole lot. Um, I've I've talked about this before but his website is like so hard to navigate yeah <laughs> um but yeah he he just said uh that they did this via skype um oh the uh the end credits song is different for this episode it is it, yeah it's uh <laughs> that song brocco don't go what i didn't that, hear that i must have turned it off yeah jesse moynihan wrote and recorded a a new song for the end credits. Holy shit. How did I... Oh, my God. It must have just came on, and I was like, okay. I got to go, go do the podcast now. Oh, here it is. I found it. Yeah. Uh, apparently, this, this song was supposed to be used for a sequence in the middle of the episode, like a montage kind of sequence of Brocco doing something else, um, and it wound up getting scrapped. So he asked Adam Mudo, was like, hey, I wrote this song for this thing. Can we just like stick it on the end credits instead then? <laughs> and they were like, sure. <laughs> oh my God. Did, but it's, it's weird. It's like a, like a, I don't know how many other episodes do that, like a different end credits song. Yeah, that's like pretty unheard of. I didn't even think that was even possible. That's why I turned it off. <laughs> it's on YouTube. I just found it. 40. 1,000 views uh, so people know about it. But I love that. Um, yeah, that's that's some cool miscellanea. Um, the uh, the whole dark magic ritual thing is is like a, a biblical reference. Mm. Um, where, what is it? Ezekiel 110? I don't give a shit. Whatever. <laughs> it's just It's just some deep deep cut poll like if you're gonna do something why not reference something you know? I, I do yeah. appreciate that it's that it's real like it's not just like just random 
you know, symbols that seem kind of occulty, but that they right. actually go and make it real. That really makes me happy. Yeah, it's it, like he uses like these symbols and then he inverts them to make it demonic, I guess. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Pet butt. So apparently if you go on Xfinity on demand, this this one has a different title called PB is working too hard. I don't not have an Xfinity, so I cannot try this out. But I guess that was the working <laughs> title and it uh, inadvertently made it on, which is interesting. It, it does also seem like, according to the wiki, that this is before we really get the confirmation that PB is way older than she looks. Yeah. Yeah, we don't we don't start getting information about her past until like when does Nettie show up for the first time? Like season seven or eight or something? Mm, that's, yeah. All right. Yeah, I think that's good. Pick an episode for next week. Yes. What are we gonna watch next week? What are we gonna watch? Episode 238, which is Season 8, Episode 13, Reboot. Cool. Let's let's fast forward a little bit, get a little deeper into the, uh, to the old series. What do you say, Eric? Yeah, I, I have no idea what that's about. I see a character named Susan Strong coming back into the fold. Oh, the episode before, it's called Preboot. Which leads me to believe that they're connected and we're going to be very confused. Sweet. <laughs> well, Eric, this is a very uh, efficient podcast episode. Yeah. Well, it's only been, what, like four days since we did the last one? Yeah, it's true. Next time we'll have proper time to really bullshit uh, beforehand. Yeah. I, uh, I think I'm going to have a busy week this coming week, too. So. I'm already tired. It hasn't even started yet. I woke up late today, so I'm going to be up late. I'm watching the show Yellow Jackets. Oh, is it good? I've heard good things. It's okay. Like six episodes in. Been watching a lot of TV. Nice. <laughs> I haven't been. I got to watch. I got to catch up on SNL last night with Will Forte. I'm, just, I'm so ready to watch that. I gotta finish Why the Last Man. That's that's on my docket. Oh, you're still not there. No, I have like a I think like I kind of subconsciously put it down a little bit because I only have like a hundred and something pages left. Uh I think New Saga comes out this Wednesday. Cool. So I have something to look forward to after that. Yeah. Yeah, maybe we can head to Action City on Sunday. Cool. And Greenpoint. Shout, Shout out, out New Action local City New Comics. Local- New local business. It's been a while since, you know, I was going off about Poke Poke, but. <laughs> right. Cool. Well, um, rate us five stars on uh, the podcast apps and uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you for listening. Peace out, y'all. Bye. <laughs>